Hello everyone, welcome back to the Come Along Pond podcast with your hosts, Damla and Elliot. And guys, it's actually mad. Do you know what, Elliot, should we just go straight to the new segment? Because I don't think we should even waste time on this. We should just go straight there. Uh, this could be a whole episode on its own. Exactly. It's so let's so just big. go. Exactly. Let's just let's just go there. Let's go to the news. I really, I mean, where do we start? Because obviously, we've already, the podcast is now out, guys. Woo! In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know that, and if you don't, then get on it. What are you doing? We are streaming through your clicks on the Apple and the Spotify, and all of the all of those things. Um, so the last episode that we recorded, which you should have listened to by now. We talked about how, you know, at that point, the only news that had come out was that Shooty was the new Doctor. Like you said, the only. Like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> the oh, only. just a little, just just the next Doctor, who cares? It's not that big of a deal, actually. In the comparison <laughs> to everything that's happened, I mean, it's a big deal, don't get me wrong, but they, Jesus Christ. They have a vendetta against us. Yeah. Because we recorded episode one, then... The next Doctor was announced. Then we recorded episode two after we did our, our thoughts on that. And we did mm-hmm. episode two, and we were like, you know, oh, yeah, cool, 14 Doctor, oh, there's going to be no news for a long time now. And then, like, two days after we finished recording that... In flux. All of the, all of the news in the world. <laughs> Literally, everything that could happen did happen, and we were just sitting there like, okay. Because, guys, because we, we're organised people... Mm. We backlogged some of the episodes, but it was to our detriment at this point because all of a sudden, <laughs> when there was literally no news in the Doctor Who universe for like what a year and a half, all of a sudden, boom, 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 one after another. So, right, I mean, the first thing was, you know, David and Catherine coming back. What? The Doctor Donna. The Doctor Donna, literally. I mean, where was I when this happened? I think I was genuinely. <laughs> I don't actually remember where I was. I think it all just happened in a blur. Do, do you remember? I can't. Was it because it was e- was it evening time? I think it might have been in evening. Yes. And it was a Sunday again. Yes, it was. But I can't remember to be honest. Like I think the it just kind of came. It was just on Instagram again, wasn't it? And it was like, it was like what really? I tell you what. When I first saw it, I thought it was like a, oh they're coming back for like an audio adventure or something. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I don't even... The, the mad thing is, we still don't even actually really know what it is. No. Like, there's all the... All the filming has been seen. You can see them in costume and character, and you know that they're coming back. But it just yeah. says, for the anniversary. doesn't say, for the anniversary special. No, it doesn't say that at all. doesn't say how. Doesn't Read say, the fine print, people. Read yeah. the fine print. Like, it doesn't say what it is, and it's really... It's really frying my brain. Right, so I'll tell you why this, all of this stressed me out. I'll tell you what it is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously announced it on the Sunday for the reason... Well, the reason being because they had to film in Camden, London, the next day, right? I'm sitting there on Monday at work and obviously the night before I realised that David and Catherine were coming back. Great, cool. Then I'm on 
Twitter and I'm seeing all of these Doctor Who accounts like there's a TARDIS in Camden and I'm like, okay. And then someone's like, David Tennant's in Camden. I've seen David Tennant in Camden and I'm like, sure. I honestly thought it was like, oh, I saw David Tennant in Camden mm. kind of thing and yeah. whatever. Bumped into him. Then there was this one photo and everyone's seen it if you've been looking at the set photos. Also, if you're not interested in spoilers for what's coming up in the 60th anniversary, you know, just skip ahead. Just keep pressing the 15-second skip thing. Just keep going until you hear the Series 1 intro, genuinely. Like, that's what I'm going to recommend at this point because we're going to go a little bit in there. Maybe <laughs> uh, maybe if we really, 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 really don't like Jack, we can promise to timestamp it. This is Jack the Editor. Skip to 1317 to avoid spoilers for the 60th anniversary special. I was, Elliot, I was debating if we should talk about it or not. But yeah. I'm sorry, it's just too goddamn fun. So we're going to talk about it. I think if it, if it was like one and it was kind of low res or whatever, I kind of go, eh, but the, the wealth of photographs that have been shared, you almost can't not talk about them. Exactly. So there was that one photo. This is what I remember specifically. I saw the one photo. It's really grainy. But it's unmistakably David Tennant with the big hair walking through Camden. You know what I'm talking about? He's kind of like in motion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, flip, they're filming it like now. Like they're filming something for the 60th now. And then there was the TARDIS and it was 13's TARDIS. And it's like, what? Interesting. And then the thing I saw next made me actually... I was sweating at work. Me and Elliot were messaging while I was supposed to be working. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Because I don't... Like, where I work isn't that far from Camden. So I could have easily taken the tube up there. So I was stressing out, being like, do I go there? I don't know. And then we see the video, which I sent, I sent to you, didn't I? I think so. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's David Wheeling good old Bernard Cribbins out of the TARDIS and I just, oh, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It's been a, it's been very strange. I feel like, because all the photos have almost blurred into one and like there's so many times that I've just seen David Tennant that's like a different angle in his blue yeah. overcoat. Um, but it looks really cool. I like his design. It's pointless. I don't want to speculate on what it is. What it means, yeah. Because like it's too, it's almost too much to even have an idea at this point. Yeah. Um, but it looks really cool. New Sonic Screwdriver, which, you know, love that. Love a new Sonic Screwdriver. Well, I just want to delve into one tiny little theory because it's fun. Um, okay. People are saying that after... She not Shooty, God. Um, after Jodie regenerates, she regenerates into David. Mm. And it's like, a t it's like a regeneration that's gone... Not wrong, but it's like... An amalgamation of yeah. things. I think that'd be a really fun way to do the anniversary, would be to end that one with uh, regenerating into 10 and they almost and they're having a fractured regeneration and it having lots of other different incarnations. Because so at the moment we only know 10, Donna, Wilf, yeah. and Rose, who we'll talk about. Um, In a sec, yeah. But, like, I. If that was just the thrust of it, I'd be a bit like, oh, it's kind of weird. But if that's like the splintering off point for all of this other stuff to do with the 60th, where, you know, the regeneration's fracturing, they're turning into previous incarnations themselves, fine, yeah, I'm cool, I'm down for that, I don't mind. If yeah. it's just she regens into 10, we have 
an episode with Dan and then we go to shooting. This feels a bit weird. It does feel a bit weird. I think it would feel really disjointed and doing it for the sake of it, I think. Yeah. I have a... Fi- no one said this. This is just... This is a Damler theory coming your way. <laughs> you may have heard it here first. Who knows? I have a feeling if it's going to be a fractured regeneration, I think they're going to have David keep his Scottish accent to have that 12 vibe coming in. Mm. Because also, doesn't the Sonic look a bit like 12s, I heard someone say, unless I'm being blind, it, it, I don't know. It's got this funny, uh, and for the listeners at home who can't see what I'm doing, it yeah. has those sort of funny, <laughs> like, where the top of the screwdriver is, it has those, like, bits that loop out from underneath it and kind of go to the top. It's got the sort of almost dome effect that 12s yeah. has. 12s really ugly, horrible screwdriver has. It does kind of look like that. I tell you, it reminds me almost of, like, certain bits of it and, like, how bulky it is. It kind of reminds me of... Um, River's screwdriver. Yes. That she's get that she gets given. Um, yeah. But it's very it's techno. Techno <laughs> is what it is. I I can disco. I, yeah, it's disco, and I feel like I would have seen Matt with a Sonic like that to be honest, because it's very childish and very big and garish and whatever. My my favorite theory. Gone. Is the if we're doing like elseworlds and different bits of stories and stuff for the 60th i like the idea that this is a sort of almost like a what if timeline where 10 was very very selfish and didn't regenerate yeah um and i really like that because i mean it, i love 10 but it fits in perfectly Ooh, uh, and do you think that's why wilf is in a wheelchair because of oh uh, yeah like yeah like i think or even if he just, like... But he would have died, wouldn't he? Because it was like the oxygen would have been sucked out of the... Yeah, I, I guess, like... I, I feel like maybe the... the I, I, haven't, I haven't read much of the theory. I assume maybe the theory is that, like, he he still dies, but, like, he's able to channel his regeneration energy and just decide to keep his face, or... Ooh. There's a different point down the line where he's like, you know, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm rejecting this. Or maybe he really goes overboard with the Time Lord Victorious thing. But then, so, yeah, we got all those filming photos, so excited. I'm literally messaging Elliot every five seconds. And then that night, Russell did his little... Oh, no, well, Yasmin Finney, who is playing Rose. Oh, um, you you already know this. I don't know why I'm acting like this is new. <laughs> she posts the little emoji situation being like, ooh, what's going on? What's going on? And then I I thought... Actually, I didn't know what I thought. I knew it was to do with a rose, because the emoji was a rose, but I was so confused. And we were, like, waiting, weren't we? We were like, oh, my God, when is it going to be announced? When is it going to be announced? My my main my main guess to you was that... Because I, I really hope... I really hope that she gets to be shooting Atwell's companion. Oh. Person, personally. Yes. My main hope was that she that's what she was going to be announced to be doing. And yeah. the the rose was just like shorthand for an iconic companion kind of yes. thing. Uh, but of course, no, she's literally called Rose. Yeah, and it's pretty bloody clear that she's Donna and oh, Sean. Donna, Donna and Mister Noble. No, no, she's he's not going to be Mister Noble. Mister uh, Temple Noble. <laughs> the the guy the guy that is there is it Sean? Yes, Sean. Sean Temple. Sean Temple. There you go. So obviously she is. Donna and Sean's daughter. That that's very clear from the photos because Donna's mum is there. Donna's mum represents Sylvia Noble, one of my favourite characters. But um, yeah, so we saw all of that, and I just love that Yasmin Finney's coming onto the show. I haven't finished Heartstopper yet. I'm halfway through the series, but she's um, the best part and, of it. 
She is easily the best part of it. And I'm not just saying that, guys. Seriously, like, I'm not. But, and um, Russell calling her my little heart stopper was... Uh, oh, Russell, I love, he's so, he's I so love him so much. In other news, the Doctor Who series one and two soundtrack was pressed on vinyl. Flipping hell, guys. And you were pressed about it? I was so... Shit. Pre-ordered it on Rough Trade. I think you can still order it on there, guys. I would recommend doing Rough Trade. They're really good at delivery and everything. Mm. And they're really easy. They're just great. Rough Trade is great. But also you can pre-order it on other websites. We'll link something in the show notes, I'm sure. Hashtag not spawn. Hashtag not spawn. But also, if you want to Rough Trade with all of our three listeners, absolutely go for it. Absolutely. Send us free copies. Yes, Please, please do. Um, also, press Series 3 soundtrack on vinyl, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and then in other news in Doctor Who, personal news, I got my Doctor Who tattoo, didn't I? <laughs> I thought this is not what Satellite 5 has been built for, but yeah. Satellite yeah. 5, our new station. But I did get my Doctor Who tattoo, and I love it very much. Just to get a Doctor Who tattoo. It's very scabby right now, but I love it very much. <laughs> it's a very nice tattoo. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. If you are an alien, how come you sound like you're from the North? Lots of planets have a North. Is that a tribal physical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator? Couldn't have put it better myself. I mean, you can smell the testosterone. Go to your room! She's an egg. She's an egg. Better to die than live like you, a bitchy trampoline. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Up we go into time and space. Bloody keep it down. Sorry about that. The uh, the dead they're being unquiet. <laughs> I'm going to try and think of one of these for every single episode. Oh my god. Uh, that was hilarious. We're never. Gonna, I'm never going to be able to stop telling you it's the end of the world, but it's fine. No, that was the best. Yeah. That was the best. But um, um, okay, so <laughs> yeah. So, so so today we're talking about. You know the joke you just made, Elliot? Yeah, that? sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I know, no. I was trying to think about which episode number it was, and Jesus, fuck me, it's only number three. Ugh. So today we're talking about episode three of series one of Doctor Who, The Unquiet Dead, originally broadcast on the 9th of April 2005. It was directed once again by Eurus Lynn and written by Mark Gattis. I say Gattis, some people say Gatis. Deal with it. I say Gatis. I'd okay. say Gatis, Zandler sorry. Zandler is going to have to deal with it. Because <laughs> I say Gattis. Because you're different. Cause, yeah, because I'm a pick-me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And so, of course, the first thing that I always have to ask you is, Tamela, what is The Unquiet Dead about? It's about girlhood, you know. Mm. It is about girlhood. And we'll get. We'll, I'm going to elaborate on that later on. But I think it's, it's genuinely... Women supporting women, the living supporting the dead, it's just supporting people. We're okay. supporting each other. Yeah. But ultimately, wear your SPF, you know? <laughs> that was so off the cuff, can you tell? <laughs> it's so off the cuff, it wasn't even on the shirt. It wasn't even in the fabric. It wasn't even on the, the, the plan of the... Yeah, let's move on. Go to yours, please. Thank you. <laughs> What's that? What do I think it's about? Um... Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, I would say, if you, if I had to, which I do because it's the format of the show, that Mark Gattis uh, preemptively warns us about how much he's going to ruin Sherlock. 
homes. Oh, oh my god! Uh, and I think maybe the uh, the gas leak affected the uh, cast this week's episode a bit too much, eh? Oh, do you think? Oh, oh yeah. Don't know why I said well, that's so ASMR. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. ASMR. I'm gonna just go out there and say this because it's the facts. And if you don't like the facts, if you don't take don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen, guys. This is Mark Gates' best episode. Oh. Ooh. Thoughts and feelings, if you please. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna swing back with a with a even hotter take. Yeah. Mark Gattis shouldn't be allowed to write for Doctor Who. Oh lord. Okay. Can I just clarify? I actually really like Mark as a person. Me too. Love him as a comedy actor. I grew up watching The League of Gentlemen. Great actor. He's a very very nice man. He's very very cool. But I think he should just be kept away from British pop culture. Uh, you know, like what else do I have to say? I mean. Look, I'm gonna just I'm gonna put it in now because it's gonna come in later, right? I um I so I've mentioned before on the podcast I work in like video promotion stuff, and I worked on the promotion for his film that came out in 2021 called The Amazing Mr. Blunden, which also has Simon Callow in it. Oh, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Um, and honestly, I'd say that was him at his finest in terms of writing. Like, he really put his whole heart and passion into that film. Do I think the film is perfect? It's not. But it's brimming with personality and it's and it's adorable and it's a great Christmas film. Well, that's the thing, see. I don't think that he's a bad writer and I do like all of his comedy stuff. I just think that when he's allowed to write things that he really cares about he gets i don't know he just doesn't live up to expectations yeah and i'm not gonna spend some time attacking mark yeah i just don't like his writing which is absolutely fair enough absolutely fair enough i think i his other the reason i said his other doctor Who episode well no this is his best doctor Who episode is because the other ones aren't my they yeah i mean like say it's a uh, if i had to pick one this would probably be my favorite just because of the cast and the sort of nostalgia factor but it's hardly a high bar um exactly he's yeah. better at playing professor lazarus he's so oh, anyway we'll get, i'm not gonna say anything um but another thing i was gonna say just a little like fun story about working on the promo for amazing mr blunden i was i was invited to the screening of the film and uh, I knew Mark would be there. So I was losing my mind, quite frankly. And uh, I messaged you about it, didn't I? I was like, oh, my God, Mark's going to be there. And Oh, yeah. And I'd spoken to the producer of the film, who is a lovely woman, and because uh, I had to get a drive to her with stuff on it. They screened something that we had done at work there. It was a very cool, very surreal moment. And I was talking to her on the phone, and I just thought, while I'm on the phone to the producer, I'm just going to, you know, have a little chat, take my moment. And I was just like, just want to say I really, you know, really, really like the film. And also, like, it's kind of surreal because I've been a big fan of Mark since I was really young because of Doctor Who. And she was like, oh, oh, my God, because he's, he's going to be there tomorrow, I'll introduce you to. And I was like, no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. And she was like, no, 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 I will. And I was like, okay. And I just, oh, I can't. Like, I just, I'd rather not meet my heroes. I just don't want to ruin it for myself. And the thing is, I had met Mark in the past. I went to a book signing and he was, he was meh. He just kind of signed it and I moved on and it was fine. But anyway, we went to the screening and I saw him there. And I was like, oh my God. 
And uh, also, fun fact, the guy in Flux... Oh, my God, what's his name? The one with the jewels on his face. Oh, oh, right, what's yeah. his name? I don't know the actor's name. Oh, my God. plays Azur or Swarm. Az- yeah, is it Azur? The, the male one. Yeah. Him, I think his name's Sam. Anyway, the guy, actor who plays him was there, and I was like, cool. And Flux was out at the time as well, and I was like, cool. Um, anyway, then I saw the producer, I gave her a hug and everything, and I thought she was about to introduce us, and she never did, thank God. I never got to, like, speak to Mark one-on-one, and I'm I am actually quite happy about that, because I don't know what I would say. I'd be like, Doctor Who, hi, um, cool, thanks. You know, like, oh no, no. But, yeah, saw Mark, and it was a fun time. So, the best place to start is from the beginning, and I want to talk about how, like I said, I think this is Mark's best episode, but I also think this, along with, like, two other episodes, is one of the scariest episodes of Doctor Who, genuinely. I never found it scary. That's fair. Do bear in mind, I am a wuss, and I think that's come (laughs) across in the podcast so far. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I can see... Like, I don't remember being scared of it as a child, and... I think because I never, I never really rewatched it either, mm. um, and I don't. It's not scary or affecting enough to still make me kind of chilled as an adult. Mm. So I just kind of go, eh, yeah. I mean, do you know what it is though? It it just goes to show because I. So obviously we have to rewatch the episodes to record the podcast, and. Um, I waited for a night where my boyfriend was home to watch it because it actually does creep me out. It really creeps me out. Which is great because I was I was watching this on my own at like midnight last night. Oh, ew! No, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's it, and do you know what it is? It's especially it's that woman. It's what's whatever her name is, the old woman the in old the lady. episode. Yeah, yeah, she is terrifying. No offense to the actress who plays her. Y- you look great, love, but terrifying. Terrifying. That one shot at the start, you know, she's walking towards the camera and she's yeah. like, uh, whatever. Um, horrific. Horrific. <laughs> so, I, but I really, I really like Gothic Horror. Yes. And I really, really like the setting and the idea for this. You know, it's such a, it's such a cool idea and I love, like, the Undertaker sort of not, not being, not being scared by it and just being like, oh, God, another one. It's a really interesting and, and really fun to start the episode I just think I wish that a different person had done gothic horror um because uh, it hasn't been there hadn't been there hasn't been gothic horror really since I mean I guess the only one after that would be Haunting of Villa Diodati which is series 12 like, I just that sort of Victorian ghost setting is such a good idea and it was just a shame that for me it doesn't quite come together I mean there's also the Mary Shelley episode with Jodie yeah Haunting of Villa Diodati dear oh <laughs> Lol. I thought you were talking about a classic episode. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> well, because that it's is... me. Yeah, because it's you. Yeah. Um, but no, I... Yeah, no, I like that episode a lot. Yeah, it's good. A lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. Like, so much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think... I don't know what it is, but I just feel like the vibes of this episode were so... 
I don't know, Ellie, I just find it scary. Like, it actually scares me. I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I understand. It's, it's, it does, it does utilise that kind of gothic, the gothic horror tropes very well. I just, yeah. doesn't necessarily work for me. Um, but then also, there's, this has one of my favourite starts to an episode, except for that shot of the woman, like I said, because it scares me. But when they're in the TARDIS and, like, they're landing first time in the past, and mm. the look of glee on the Doctor's face. Yeah. Like, you know that face Chris has where he's just like, hee hee. He's excited. Yeah. He's like, look at this. This is fun. He has like, you know, he's like crossing his arms, looking all happy and roses. Yeah. Yeah. Billy and Chris. Yeah. A top form in this episode. Just on top form. I also really love the strong continuity because Rose is wearing the same hoodie as she wore at the edge of the world. Yes. There's actually really good continuity in this series, to be honest. Surprising. Surprising. Considering how all over the place the shooting in that was. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, and and uh, yeah, go on. Sorry, I am I am pretty sure, and I've not done the research again. Yeah. A, th- a theme <laughs> a theme on the show. Um, yeah. The the Victorian setting set that they land in is also the same as the next Doctor. Like they just had access to one kind of Victorian-y looking set that they were allowed to cover in snow. Well, there you go. Might not be if it's not cool, whatever. But I also would not be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised either. The, yeah, they were like, no. it's that little archway they landed. It looks very, very similar to where he lands in the next Doctor. Yeah. Oh, it does look a bit similar actually. Yeah. Now that you say it, I love so like continuing on from like that little like chit chat they had, and then she's like running towards the door, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "1860." Let's go, baby. And he's like, you're going to cause a right Barbarella if you go out there. <laughs> Looking like that. Which... And then the whole like concept of going to the wardrobe, you know, to the mm. left, to the right, past the bins, whatever it was. I don't know what he said. But that comes up again later on with 12, I think. Yeah, because things, a lot of people, a lot of, I know a lot of people don't like that because you can't ever actually see the doors in that set. But like... Get a life, it's fun. I was I was you know? I was fully willing to believe that as a child that there was a door back there that you couldn't see, or it was like TARDIS magic. Yeah. Who cares? Who you cares? Know? Who yeah. cares? It's because the conversations about Doctor Who are conducted entirely by people in their twenties and thirties who've got nothing better to do with their time. Exactly. <laughs> and we're here to like it, not criticize it. Exactly. I don't care about the there not being a door. What I care about is the they are okay to dress a very young Billy Piper up in a kind of sexy Victorian outfit, but Chris Rackerson just gets to keep his... Right, let's talk about it, because yeah. it literally annoys me how much. So why is it that she's going to cause a Barbarella looking like how she looks, and then he can just go out in his leather jacket and his boots and whatever? It's just ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong, Billy looks absolutely fantastic. That's not That's not a debate here. And if you want to debate it, you can't debate it because it's the facts. But it just makes it... They should have done it with, like, you know how, like, 12 and Bill, when they go to whatever time that is, I don't know, you know that episode? Yeah. Um, and they both are dressed in, like, Victorian kind of wear. They should have done that with Chris. Yeah. Especially because, like, it would have been a really good nod at the time for, like... You know, he could have ended up looking like Paul McGann. Yeah. And yes, I'm aware that Paul McGann's outfit is Edwardian, not Victorian, but come on. But come um, on now... Yeah, you know, I think that it's just very strange. It just strikes me as very, very strange. 
It was a really strange choice. Maybe it was like just off, the only reason I can think of it is like they're still trying to establish the brand of the show at the time. So they were like, mm. we need to keep him in costume. Yeah. And only change his undershirt from like green then to red to burgundy to whatever the hell other colour it was. Of course, potentially knowing Christopher Eccleston, he probably was just like, no. <laughs> True. No. No, why? Why? Why would I do that? <laughs> Chris you know Bestie. He's our bestie, so we allow him to do that. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But yeah, she looks fantastic. Also, another note I've got here. Mm-hmm. Who did Rose's hair? You know? Like, <laughs> in film and TV, this always happens, right? Like, in it, honestly, it's annoyed me since I was a kid. I'm like, so who did that, though? Because like, if they, she did that herself, there's no way you can have pinned your hair up so perfectly into that hairstyle. Who did it for you? Because I know yeah, you she... didn't do it. Yeah, she didn't just go off and got and get changed. She had like a full makeover. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, do you know, like, do, do you agree with me? Like, in a lot of TV and film, they do that. Absolutely. Um, and in other things, it does annoy me. I guess in Doctor Who, it annoys me less, only because, like, we're in a time machine and it's literally the, there was yeah. there was there was a Vic, there was a sort of middle class looking Victorian outfit which was to her exact size and measurements that she knew how to put on completely unassisted. Exactly. So like, exactly, yeah. I don't mind it as much, but in other things where it's a lot more grounded in realism, like you say, people get their hair done by just going off to the bathroom for yeah. five minutes to themselves. Or like, you know, like in um, really, really specific examples here, um, in like freaking uh, Hunger Games, Katniss always has this lovely ponytail that she just does that looks amazing and the braids in her hair. Like, How? How does it look that good all the time? And then, like in Divergent as well. Why am I bringing up the the, the dy- YA dystopian? Who knows? Let's 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 roll with it. Like when um, Triss is in. Uh, this doesn't matter. I'm going to stop myself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm nodding and pretending that I know what all the words mean. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Like you know what I mean. Like it just. I don't. It mean. just annoys me. It really annoys me. Um. So I mean, my, yeah, my 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 next note, and I guess is a good time as any to start talking about it, is mm. I mean, you, you got to be pretty excited to see Eve Miles, right? Oh god, guys, <laughs> right? I, I kind of always forget that so, she's in this episode, and not in a bad way, because I really like Eve Miles, and I like what I've seen of Torchwood, which is not all of it, and damn love knows that. Um, and we I will could... be doing Torchwood watches as well at some point on the pod, so stay tuned. Tell the audience <laughs> my my love for this woman. Just tell the audience. Uh, I have never had a conversation where her name doesn't come up at least once uh, yeah. with you. It's borderline unhealthy. It, yeah. But also kind of fun and iconic at the same time. Guys, when I say this woman, and I know I say I love a lot of people in the show, but I genuinely do, but there are some people, like, pin, like hand-picked people, like, on one hand, where I'm like, these actors in the Hooniverse mean so much to me and I love them so much Eve Miles is one million percent one of them I think she's one of the most sorry I'm just gonna if you don't like the Eve Miles chat then get over it I think she's one of the most underrated actresses working in the industry today I don't get how she's not been in like in like a Hollywood film I don't get why people don't hire her no she doesn't want to do it but like she's one of the most incredible actresses out there and every time I've seen her in nearly everything she's ever done, and every time she blows my mind, she is insanely, insanely incredible, and I just can't. I haven't. I, I just love her. And she's very, very good in Tortured. 
uh, and it, in this. Oh my God. And she's very, yeah. very good in episodes of the show where she's playing Gwen. But yes. not in Torchwood. Well, her name's... What's her name in this episode? Is it Gwyneth? Gwyneth, isn't it? Gwyneth. I just think she was, she was the best part of this episode, without a doubt. Like, everything mm. that woman is in, she steals the screen, she steals the show, she steals the episode. She just snatches the wigs. They're flying. <laughs> they're, they're, they're moving in all directions. I mean, controversial, because I don't even necessarily disagree, but uh, I feel like most people would go, oh, it's, it's Simon Callow as Charles Dickens. Uh, hot take. It isn't. It's Eve Mars. Yeah. For me, for me. I don't know no, about you. No, no. What do That's you think? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I like Simon. I like Simon Callow in this. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a Charles Dickens fan. Um, Which is fair enough because there are reasons to not be a Charles Dickens fan. Personally, but putting that to one side, Simon Callow <laughs> as Charles Dickens was inspired casting. I think. Oh yeah, I mean he does a fantastic job. I like, I like <sighs> the character of Charles Dickens in this. Yeah, yeah. like the thing is with Simon Callow. And again, it's kind of similar vibes to who he, when he played Mr. Blunden in The Amazing Mr. Blunden. The way he speaks, he's literally magical. Like, he's kind mm. of like... He's got the Ian McKellen effect, I think. And not just because yeah. he's an old white man. But he... <laughs> <laughs> hot take. Um, but he genuinely, well, Maybe like, he could be the next doctor. Maybe... No. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Simon Callow would have been an interesting war doctor. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, I was going to say, or maybe maybe for the older version of The Master, but no one can replace Derek Jacobi. Oh, Derek Jacobi forever. I just think Simon is amazing. And like I mentioned earlier when I said I was working on the promo of uh, Amazing Mr. Blunden, um, uh, that in his interview for the show, he was asked about, you know, working with Mark. He just, he has nothing but positive things to say about working with Mark. And... More relevantly, like, he basically talks about working on Doctor Who with him. And he says, you know, to this day, that's one of my favourite roles I've played, you know, like Charles Dickens. And um, he says, the one of, my favourite bit was, there's a scene in the episode. He fully didn't, I don't know why he went on this tangent, but he did. It wasn't relevant for the promo in any way, shape or form. But I love that he went on the tangent, of course. It was like two minutes long. I timed it. I like watched it. And he's like... There's the scene in the end of the episode when he asks the doctor, like, does my work, like, survive, basically? Does it get read? And the doctor's like, yeah, you know, forever. And even in the interview, he got teary, like, talking about it. And he loves it so much. So you just know, and it comes through in this episode, he loved doing it. He loved it. I, I love I love the you know the, you get you get him performing bits for Christmas Carol and it all happens in the theatre, right? You know, in the theatre. In the theatre, and I love that Giles Dickens is a like ghost sceptic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe in the paranormal. And yeah, I love that. I love that so much just because he's so well known for writing ghost stories. And yeah, I just I like that. I like that fun little bit of irony. It's quite uh, it's quite nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I mean it was kind of a yassification of Charles Dickens. <laughs> Mm. I mean, the bit I don't want, I don't want, uh, I don't jump massively far ahead, but like you know, nothing much happens when they're at the theatre except for Rose being kidnapped, obviously. Um, yeah. Which uh, I don't know. It's a bit damsel in distressy. Uh, it's a bit damsel in distress, yeah. Like <clears throat> I feel like Rose could have probably punched the uh, or just like ran away from Cara. an old man because he's yeah. not that strong. Yeah, and he's not. Neither of them are doing a particularly convincing job of no 
chloroforming. But let's no. buy the buy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like when they're in the horse and carriage. Yeah. And they're having the doctor and Charles are having a sort of lovers tiff. Yeah. And they're arguing. I really like. I really like that scene because I like how. Since he finds out that the the young the young lady is in danger, that he's yeah. immediately in like, right, go faster, <laughs> go yeah. quick, um, and then you know finding out someone's a fan of his, and he's like, well, he's like, I, I'm going to help you, I guess. It's like how are, how exactly are you used to cool me down or whatever? As he says, like, yeah, just yeah, because he doesn't know the term fan. Yeah, yeah that was really cool. I like um, that. And also very very iconic that the doctor doesn't actually know what Charles Dickens looks like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I love that. Like time like time traveller, extraordinaire, and it had he had to wait for him to be called Mr. Dickens and to be like, oh Charles Dickens. Yeah. I love you. Literally. You're great. Yeah. I just oh I, when Chris like you know, when Nine is excited, it's like some of my favourite moments. Like when he's like gassed. That's what yeah. Do you know what that's how you, to explain it, he when he's gassed <laughs> up. And he's like, oh, wow, this is so yeah. cool. Like, I just love that. But that's not my favourite thing about Nine, I think, because when he wants to be excited, he is excited about stuff. So I, I think the big capital P problem mm. with this episode is I feel like it's going to be slightly more unfocused than the last one because last one I had, like, scene-by-scene scene notes and I was like, oh, I've got thoughts on this and everything. And there are just scenes, and indulge me for a second here, mm-hmm. where people just stand in that, fucking drawing room and they talk and they talk Mm. and none of it's interesting and I just have big gaps in my notes where I'm like not even really listening to anything anybody's saying because it's so like I know the sets and budgets and time and things but I really really don't like how and there's nothing wrong with a self-contained bottle episode but it needs to be interesting and it needs to keep moving whereas people stand on a very sort of and I love I love I love you, Ross. Stand in a not very particularly excitingly directed way, and they just stand mm. and they talk and they don't say interesting lines, and they talk, and it just it, it grinds to a halt for me. See, this is where mm, I I agree with you to an extent, but I do think a lot of the conversations they have are like important and they raise really important questions, like for example which I wanted to ask you, I'm going to throw a question at you, and I think it's going to be main topic of, like, point of discussion for this episode. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, when they're talking about reusing the bodies for the Gelf to go into, mm. that's an interesting discussion to have. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's kind of, like, similar to... Not similar, but, like, kind of similar vibe in, like, Daleks in Manhattan, when all the dead bodies are kind of used to become human Daleks, but then it's like, but then what do we do with them kind of thing? Mm. And it's like this this, this topic of the dead and, like, respecting the dead and, like, death in general. I don't know. How do you feel? Big question. How do you feel about all of that? Do you think it's right that they, like, you know, putting aside that they they were being evil, you know, put that to Mm. the side, the Gelf being conniving little shits. Um... Is it right? Because you know the dead are dead, and you know they're not being used per se. I mean, no. I think I think the do- I think the doctor is perfectly right in his. You know, do you have a donor card? No. Well, there you are. Oh, I love that. That's such a 
that's so good. And so many people still don't have donor cards. It's still such a weird taboo thing. Uh, if you want to get really boring and philosophical, I guess the, a lot of our fears and hang-ups around death and what happened to the dead and bodies and the way bodies are used and the way bodies are talked about is so rooted in, like, hegemonic white Christian faith. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's just very... It's, it's a very interesting question the episode asks that it also can't really answer because it's not strong enough on its own legs. You know, it, it depends what your barrier... It depends, I guess, what your limit on defiling and stuff is. You know, like, some people see, like... Like I said, being donated to science is defiling. Obviously, I, I'm more sort of have it in the camp of, you know, people disturbing grave sites and stuff. But if someone was willing to, like, have the body used and it could, like, solve problems and things, like, that's absolutely cool. I think I agree with the doctor's intentions on being like, you know, I, I, I do have the authority to say I will not see, like, a race of creature i guess be wiped out when the, all these dead bodies aren't being used so in a way i agree with that like but then also i found it really like you know again rose rose's belief system and thoughts and feelings on like just she's just in this episode her empathy comes out so much and like that's one of the reasons i love rose so much it's because she just she's so kind and she's so caring like literally like She's the most empath. I'd say she's probably the most empathetic companion. Yeah, her like, and Donna. She, her and Donna for sure. Um, but you know, when she's like, you know, you just can't do that. And part of me was like, Rose, chill. But then part of me was like, I get it. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I have all those opinions and I can vocalise them. But like, I'm sure also if I was like locked in a cell with someone who was like, we're gonna yeah. put ghosts in a body, I'd be like, no, what the fuck. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. True. Swings around I just thought it was an interesting question because, it, you know, I think I would be siding with the Doctor in that moment because it is a good intention, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then obviously they, they're little shitbags, so that mm. doesn't work out, does it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think with... So, like, the whole thing with the Gelf, right? First of all, I actually think not all the shots... But specifically in the seance bit, which I love that scene, that seance scene when, you know, the Gelf appear behind Gwyneth, mm, that Gwyneth. holds up to me. That holds mm. up. For yeah, sure. Yeah, like, I actually, I think, I know, I actually genuinely think the CGI on the Gelf is actually pretty good. Except for that one shot where Simon, not Simon Callow, sorry, uh, Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens is running out of the house because obviously he's like, oh no, the dead are walking, goodbye, you know, uh, and then he comes out of the house, Then on the, which I love, the little throwback to A Christmas Carol, when one of the hmm. girls appear out of the door knocker thing, yeah, yeah and then it goes good. in his face and then goes, Wah! and it's like, yeah, that looks shite. But yeah. apart from that, I think all of the Gelf effects actually look quite good. Compared to last week, especially. Um, yeah, exactly. They, they look very uh, your Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not seen. I, I mean, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I don't. I don't even. I, I don't even think you would. I don't even think you'd like it. No. You know, like it doesn't seem like your kind of thing. No. Um, but I was expecting to be like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you go, oh yeah, yeah, of course, you know. But you not like it rather than you just be like, no, never I don't seen know. it. What? I know. Who am I? <laughs> Fascinating. Um, Fascinating. I know things about you every day. Um, yes. Like your taste, and my taste is, is awful. terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, well, so for any any person out there who knows what Razor Lost Ark is, um, 
when they open the arc right right at the end. Uh, I feel like maybe maybe now this is worth dropping because there's no sort of haptic feedback from somebody like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, so it sounds kind of mental. Um, but right at the end of that film, yeah, where they open the arc and you get all the, like, souls, like, floating out of it, it kind of reminds me of that. They've got a sort of very ethereal, just an outline that kind of occasionally makes ethereal. a face kind of look. They are ethereal. Good word. Yeah. It's a good word. Well done, me. Yeah. Ethereal. Ethereal. Ooh, yeah. God. Um, no, I like that word. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of uh, Raise the Lost Ark, which damn yeah. seen. Um Which I've not seen because I'm shit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the, the whole girl thing, I find it, honestly, I think the reason why I do genuinely quite like this episode mm. is because Gwyneth as a character, again, it's not just because she's Eve Miles, but Gwyneth as a character just breaks my heart. Like, yeah. she absolutely shatters my heart into a million pieces. Because she sees them as, like, her angels. And, like, obviously she was born on the Rift, so that's why she can see them and everything. Which, by the way, love, love the setup for the Rift. So do I. Oh, so, so good. good. So good. Um, but, yes, the way she's, like, you can just tell she's not had a lot in her life and she's so grateful. She practices gratitude on a daily basis. She has a journal. We all know it. Um, and, like, she's just, she sees them as, like, her, her angels, like she says. And... That whole little that storyline I find so dark. Well, especially because they do such a good job of humanizing her. I mean, that conversation with her and Rose, when oh they're like the yeah. pantry. And oh, Ellie, it makes me tear up. I'm not enjoying it. It makes and me tear up. They're talking about boys, oh. which I love. Rose is the best wingman to have ever existed. I would go on a night out with Rose. Yeah, I, any day of the week. Love like all that seems so good because I love how it goes from being like funny to quite sad and. Yeah. Um, it also, mm. complete side note, but I have made a note of it, so it's not a side mm. note, it's a literal note. Yes. Um, it's created one of my evolving Doctor Who mis- mysteries that I want to get to the bottom of. Mm. I, I, I want to meet Rose's friend Shireen. Shireen! She mentions her all the time. She literally mentions her 24-7. Yeah. And who's You're Shireen? You're so right. Yeah. I want who to know what she looked like. Is there a comic with Shireen in or something that I don't know about? Like, she gives me the vibe of, like, you know Donna's friends that you see in Turn Left when they're mm. in the... Well, her um, work friends, that kind of vibe. She gives yeah. me that vibe. Like, Shireen just works in the shop with her. Exactly. Like She's she's no, one of the girls then, that ignored but, her but she knows when they were from, walking No, out. but she knows her from school, though, doesn't she? Because it's oh, yeah, 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 her yeah, yeah. and Shireen... After to, school, yeah. After they school, go, go down the shops and look at boys. Yeah. yeah. Shireen obviously knows Rose from school... And because doesn't isn't like last week when she phones Jackie isn't she sort of saying that she's going out with Shireen? Yeah, I think so. Or staying like, around her house or something. Yeah, who is Shireen? And we never meet her. Yeah, there you go. We, I, I want I want to meet Shireen, but um, that conversation I actually um, and it's quite long. That seems quite mm. long, and I think it was perfectly timed. I think it should have been that long. I don't I don't feel like it overran. I really really no. don't. And really well acted. Really well acted and really well written, actually. I think that scene is really well written and, like... I think Billy and Eve really bounce off of each other. Um, And I love... No, but my favourite thing is, like, when Rose would talk about, like, you know, I like a good smile, good bum. And then Gwen's like, well, I've never heard the like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And all of that. And she's just, oh! It's just, it's the most... Do you know what it is? It's wholesome with a capital W. It's wholesome, underlined, in bold, in italics... And the thing, and I like, I do just love that it, it it goes from being quite wholesome to being quite sinister to being quite sad. Yeah. Like when she's talking about like 
like heaven and seeing heaven and then telling Rose that her dad might be up there. Yeah, like, obviously like, the first drop. I think is that the no, is that the first drop of Pete? It might be actually. Yeah. That, that her dad's died. Maybe. Cuz then I think it might be. Yeah, cuz then she's like, but I didn't tell you that my dad had died. Yeah, and then she was like, yeah, how did you know? And then obviously she's like, you know, they say that I've got this sense and everything and then mm. she's then she can see into the future and she's like all those metal boxes and it's actually really honestly elliot this episode is scary to me it's so eerie yeah. like well, the, and then she's like her performance you know, when she's seeing all those things and her seeing those things in vision must be like how rose feels when she goes to the observation station at the start of the last episode but like rose is there and she can process it and she's with someone to keep her safe whereas gwyneth is seeing it just in her mind yeah, seeing it in her mind, and then obviously we get the first mention of Bad Wolf, don't we? The big bad wolf. The big bad wolf. And the way she like jumps back and it's like really scary, and then... Mm. Yeah, I just love that scene so much. It's it's amazing. Obviously then they have that chat and they go and have the seance, and then, you know, they're planning on bringing the Gelth into... Through Gwyneth, they're bringing, they're planning on bringing the Gelth through Gwyneth, you know, because she has the gift of talking to them and stuff. This whole last scene, like I say, like, Gwyneth breaks my heart. Like, she absolutely shatters it into a million pieces. Like, you know, she goes under the archway and then they all come through her and obviously they did a number on us, they were being little shits and they spun the script around on us, you know what I mean, and brought them all through and then Loki, we had a little zombie moment, which I don't know how I felt about that. The fact that they kind of resembled zombies, I, I, I wasn't a fan of that, I'll be honest. It doesn't really work for me. It doesn't really work, because that's not what they are. Yeah, I just... Yeah, that whole, like... like The the emotional stakes of that end bit are really good. The actual, like, like action stakes where they're, like, locked behind the door and yeah. all kind of reaching through the bars. <sighs> I mean, I will say, I think it's hella dark for a kid's show. Like, that guy, what's his name? The main Undertaker guy with the beard, yeah, I think Yeah, looks creepy, yeah. Yeah, and the fact they kill him... Mm. right there snap his neck and then he becomes a and he looks terrifying his yeah. eyes oh like i think honestly as a kid i was terrified watching this like so so scared and like, i actually is... didn't rewatch it for a long time fun mm. fact i didn't because i was so scared and it is hardcore you know i like the as they're attacking you and the doctor just accepts that he's probably gonna die yeah and there's no you know but he's gonna go out fighting because he's gonna go out fighting with rose and that's where he's very sweet I love that hand-holding bit. And I know yeah. the age gap thing is a bit whatever, but I loved when, like, they held hands and he was like, I'm really glad I met you, and, like... The thing is, I can, I can see that voice as being platonic at that point, though. Yeah. Like, because sometimes they have, like, almost like a disgruntled father-daughter relationship. Kind of. I, I will say it did lean more towards platonic slash potential romantic undertone. Yeah. Um, I will say, when... Maybe I don't know if they remastered the episodes recently or whatever, but like where back in the day when it was lower quality, I feel like that scene felt way more menacing. I felt like there was a lot of like they're about to burst through those gates any minute and get to them. But in this, yeah. I just felt like they were fine. They they stand there for ages, just not doing anything, but just going. Yeah. And for the listeners at home, I'm reaching my hand out as if to simulate <laughs> my arm being through a gate. Yes. Uh, yeah, they just do that. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> but no, like, and yeah. then obviously that happens. And then Simon Callow, sorry, God, Charles Dickens comes. He's just so Simon Callow though. He Charles comes Callow. into the room. 
Charles Callow. Charles Callow. No, Charles Dickens comes into the room and he's like, up the gas, now. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. You know. Kind of a genius idea. It's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. And then obviously the room is filled with gas and like this next bit. I remember the the first time I watched it, I had a pit in my stomach and my stomach dropped fully. Mm. When, you know, Rose is like, Rose is obviously, she can't breathe. Like, you know, because humans can't breathe. The doctor's fine because obviously the doctor's got two hearts and like Mm. lungs of steel and whatever. And he gives, yeah, he always gives air from his lungs. Air from his lungs that is the purest air ever. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he, obviously she's like, I can stop them, I can't seal off the connection, but I can destroy them in this room. And Rose, obviously, having a, had a connection with Gwyneth in the whole episode, just being... She was all of us in that moment, being like, you yeah. can't leave her here, you can't do that. And obviously I... he's like, go, 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 whatever. And then just Does that he... one... Go on, no, go on. No, just on on that point though of her, of him being like go go go. It's completely not on tone with the rest of what we're about to say. But I love that the Doctor gets a really weird, cool action movie line where he's where like Rose just sort of she goes, yeah. oh I can't breathe, and then she goes, Charles, get the girl out. It's really like, <laughs> yeah, it's so not on brand. It's great. It's so not on brand, but. It worked though. I feel like it did work because it was oh. up, the, the stakes were like up here. Well, yeah, up, like, it yeah. feels really cool. And Crystal loves it really, really well. But yeah, it's just such like a funny sort of feeling. Like, like Charles, I did think get that the girl as well, out. Actually, yeah, yeah. And then again, it's with the it's the it's the how do you, how do they say it? it's like it was show mm. don't tell, and like he obviously goes up to her, feels her pulse, and you just know in that moment it's like yeah. she has been dead the entire time. And it's really yeah, and it's then. Made retroactively creepier because she's she's got the matches out herself. Oh no, Elliot! Like literally, my stomach. Every time I watch that, my stomach drops. Mm. It's so sad because she is yeah. literally. I would say she is just the most innocent, innocent person ever. Like mm. she is just pure and good. And I mean, is she the purest character ever been on Doctor Who? Probably. And I feel like what that moment does, it, it brings everything back, lovely, full circle, ties a neat yeah. little bow on it by bodies being useful and then being able to be vessels because she's dead, but her dead body is able to then save yeah. the day. You know, it, it feels like yeah. it has a lot more of an absolutist kind of statement on it, which is like, no, this is this is where the episode falls morally on corpses yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. And it's very interesting. Oh, even talking about it, like, it just gives me a shiver up my spine. Like, yeah. I don't know why it really affects me, to be honest. I don't know what it is. I just think because... It's like it does is, nothing for me. Because it does nothing for you, but for me, it really touches me and it really upsets me because mm. Gwyneth is so, so pure. Yeah. And her intentions... Even up to when she dies, are just purely, she's just trying to help her angels, you know. Um, Which I found a bit cringy, not gonna lie. I get it. See, I don't. I just find it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I believe it fully, and and then yeah, and then obviously she takes the matches out, and the fact that it's, she's dead, but she's not because she's doing it herself. And it's, do you know what it is for me? It's that one look. It's like that close up of her face, that mid close up. She's got the the latch, the latch, the match lighted, and she kind of looks up. And then, 
and then it just all goes up in smoke and there's that terrible shot of Chris falling to the ground and the awful fire effects. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's literally just copy and pasted flames into a window. It is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But then there's that gorgeous shot of them from, like, high above. Mm. Isn't there? That was good. But, yeah, just that bit where Rose is like, she didn't make it. Yeah, and he was like, sad. you know, the minute she stepped into that art, she was dead, and it's like, oh, yeah, that does that stomach. is like retroactively that always makes you go, oh. yeah, that's the exact yeah. sound. It's literally oh, like yeah. that, you know. Yeah, like it's it is quite it's it's it is like I'm sure if I if I like the episode a lot more, it would probably affects me in a very deep way, but it does always make me just sort of go like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's quite sad, isn't it? It's just um, really, really sad and really. Yeah, it just makes me sad. But, um, hey, a yeah. servant girl saved the world. A servant girl saved the world in and the middle of Cardiff. All of the Cardiff jokes were so funny, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like, oh, it's, oh, I lied, it's not 16, it's not 1680, it's like 16... No, what No, what year is it? 18, 1861, sorry, I got this max from. <clears throat> it's like, oh, it's not 1860, it's like 1869. It's like, I don't and care. And Rose is like, it's I like, don't care. Yeah, and she's it's like, it's not, it's not whatever it's not like summer or whatever you know it's it's winter she's like i don't care it's like <laughs> and it's not london or whatever it is they're planning to go it's like she's like i don't care it's, like, it's cardiff and she's, cardiff cardiff and then in the cellar when doctor's like i'm gonna die in cardiff, cardiff. <laughs> i don't think cardiff is that bad no but i because it's because it's like all created like in and around cardiff and there's a lot yeah. of Welsh people involved it feels less like they're just piling on yeah you know, it's like it's almost very, very knowing. It's kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, rather than being too mean. Yeah. Um, but exactly. yeah, I say I like that. I like that Gwyneth saves the day, and I like that she's a servant girl because you know, even even she says, doesn't she? She says to Rose that she can like read her thoughts, and you know, she knows that Rose thinks she's stupid. Like, yeah, and the thing is, I felt okay. That bit didn't work for me, and I'll tell you why. Because I feel like Rose didn't think that. Like, I can't imagine how Rose would think she was stupid because. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think I don't, Rose is capable of thinking that. I don't know if it's like I feel like saying that she thinks she's stupid is kind of a weird way of wording it, but I guess it's almost like Rose just having to do so much work. Like like it's it's just the accidental kind of future prejudices prejudices. <laughs> it's almost the kind of accidental future prejudices of like her just subconsciously judging how she reacts negatively to talking about boys and things things like that you know it's it's not necessarily that she thinks she's stupid but it's a she thinks that she's kind of a bit weird for mm. having different sensibilities um they should that have phrased it differently yeah. yeah yeah mark should have done a second draft because i i just don't think rose is capable of thinking that someone like that is stupid no because she's she's a working girl yeah no, and no she's not no she's not <laughs> Not that kind of working girl, hey. No, uh, she, she, no, she. I think people have called her stupid all her life, so she would never think that of anyone else. So yeah, I think that could have been worded better. She got the bronze. She got the bronze, boy. Um, but yeah, and then obviously that happens, and then it comes to that gorgeous ending scene. I love it. I love it so much. It's the best thing about the episode. Yeah, and you know, like I said, obviously, it brought Simon Callow... To this day, it still makes Simon Callow emotional for a reason, because it's like, you know, and he's like, I'm going to go make amends with my family, I'm going to I'm gonna 
do I'm just going to write the wrong you know the ending of Christmas Carol I love that parallel you know yeah, I'm going to go and make amends I'm going to do the right thing and I can end that that story I was writing <laughs> you know with ghosts and things which is then, then very sad that the doctor's like yeah Next year's 1870 and it's the year he dies. He never gets to finish his books. I think no. this whole episode... Do you know what you say that? And I just think this whole episode is is, is bittersweet. Mm. That is the perfect two words to sum up this episode. Bittersweet, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know what? And you will hear more about this in, like, four and three-quarter seasons' time. Yeah. But this does the ending of Vincent and the Doctor... A hundred times better than the ending of Vincent and the Doctor, mm. which is actually not a good episode. <gasps> so apparently, on this podcast, we like to come out with controversial opinions, like Elliot just did, and we're going to leave it there because I I can't get into that right now. Well, that's the, that's the thing, you know. I mean, there is plenty of reasons to keep listening to this podcast, but if anything, I once a week I say something that I'm like, oh, you're going to have to wait a year to hear about this, but oh boy. It's going to be interesting. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, and if you're ever confused yeah. about which era of the show I was raised on, I don't like Vincent and the Doctor, but earlier I was talking about how much I actually don't mind the Lazarus experiment. So deal with that how you will. Interpret it how you will, besties. Yeah, so you got that ending, and like, like I said, it's really bittersweet. It's really... It's, it's, it's Yeah, it's bittersweet. How, there's, no, there's no other thing to kind of... There's no way to elevate that, because it just is... That is what it is, and... Yeah. And you know what my favourite bit about the ending was? Go on. You're going to hate me so much. I already do. Hey, true. After what you just said about <laughs> Vincent and the Doctor, are you freaking kidding me? God. They, they bring back the TARDIS scanner, the improbable camera that can never exist on the outside of the TARDIS where you just get <laughs> a perfect... I love it so much because they just they used to do that all the time in, in Classic Who. A panel would open I, and retract yeah, know, and it'd know, be blue yeah. screened in yeah and it's great and it's like how does that I've camera actually, exist i have actually seen the five doctors so i know what you're referencing yeah i love it i and love I the love scanner it. it's great i love the scanner it's do you know what it, it just it makes the tardis feel way more high tech like mm. i know what's going on outside yeah. i have a camera i know what's going on and they don't use the scanner much in new who so when i saw it i was like i was like it's the scanner it's the scanner Normally it's, it's just got, like, Gallifrey and, like, hieroglyphs on it. Yeah. It's the scanner. Or a video of the Doctor talking about pears. Mm. Or FaceTime without a webcam. Um, so, that brings me on to, pal. That brings me on to... What was your favourite moment of the episode? Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's, I gotta say, it's not an episode full of good ones. Um, Oof. But probably, objectively, and I should imagine we'll have the same one, would be the conversation between Rose and Gwyneth. Absolutely correct, spot on, match, snap. Because as much as yeah. I said to you that, like, I feel like this is just people talking and it never ends until it stops, um, like, that scene is actually very, very well written and very well acted, and uh, that's the only time where I'm going, where I'm not going, yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on. Like, mm-hmm. I actually am interested in what they have to say. It's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, that's mine. That's mine too. Awesome. Snap. Um, so then, favourite line? Because I have one, and it's I don't think it's one that most people would go for. Oh, okay. Well, you're more than welcome to go first then. Okay. Mine's right at the start 
when the doctor's like, you'll cause a right Barbarella if you go out there looking like that. <laughs> the word Barbarella. Bad. What does that mean? I don't know, but I like the way it sounds. Uh, I'm I like really... Miranda Hart, where it's like, if there's a word I like the sound of, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Barbarella. Moist plinth. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm currently trying to, I would say, okay, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick this one just because of the, um, because of how much I enjoy it. And for me, it's a precursor to something that fandom should have adopted and they didn't. And I just want to say that nine did it first when nine says time isn't a straight line. It can twist into any shape. That is the original Time is a big ball of stuff, but because he's not saying wibbly wobbly, no one cares. Oh, you, again, you're 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 so right. I love that line. I don't know. It's just like it's just like just like. But won't things change if like Charles Dickens like wrote write about blue ghosts at Christmas? He's just like time isn't a straight line. It can twist into any shape. It's fine. Time isn't a straight line, and do you know who isn't straight? Charles Dickens. The two of us. Oh yeah. Oh, and Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charles Dickens was so straight. Get oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. How about what is a moment for you that didn't work? Um, for me, the 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 moment the moment that didn't work. If I had to pick one, which I do, it's the format. Uh, for me, my bit that didn't work would be uh, the sort of climax when they're when the zombies things are trying to come through the the bars at them um because for me in that climax like the emotional stakes in there i really like what charles dickens is doing um but it just really feels like naff peril that doesn't quite work nothing wrong with the doctor and rose being chased or in a perilous situation but the fact is just people in makeup just lightly pushing up against bars they never feel i never feel like they're in danger personally no i like some of the dialogues some of the banter in that scene but that like awkward weird staging of it just never quite works for me the staging is strange in an otherwise actually quite good finale to a very mediocre episode i think for me i would say that but there was one that overtakes it and it's kind of what I mentioned earlier about Rose being kidnapped I just didn't feel believable like when mm. he comes up behind her and kid- I just feel like yeah. that wouldn't happen how did the doctor know that she was in that hearse please yeah, tell me yeah. yeah it's kind of weird isn't he it he never saw her go in it last but no means least what is your what's, what do you think is the most doctory moment of the episode well I've got I've got two so if you have a definitive one I want you to go first so then if it's one of the ones that I've got I can say a different one Okay, cool. I would say mine is nine fangirling over Charles Dickens. That is the most doctory thing ever. Absolutely, it was one. It was one of mine, definitely. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I, I mean, how can you disagree? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's actually just a line that oh, I was going to put in my favourite lines, but actually, I was like, no, it's actually a pretty good doctor moment. Yeah. It's just, it's just. How, why don't we? Why don't we go to? I don't know. Eighteen sixty. What happened in eighteen sixty? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Great. Oh, maybe that's that. That's the most <laughs> accurate answer. I'd say. I think. I say mine is just just coming in close <laughs> under that. Yeah. No, no. That's I so that, true. But, that, but the the Charles Dickens conversation was the one that stuck out to me most, though. I just, oh, I love Nine so much. I really love him. No nonsense, but also, like, like yeah, I just, I'm not going to start going on about how much I love Nine because that, I just do. I love him. So I think that it's been quite interesting because I, I really, really like Series 1. 
And I have a very big fondness for it because it's the first series that I watched. But I do think that Rose, great. And then you do get End of the World and Unquiet Dead. But Aliens of London. Aliens of London next week. Pretty fun. Pretty. Oh, yeah. So stupid. Before we get into talking about that, though... What would you rate this episode out of five? Oh, God. Um... Uh, can I say mine first? Because I know exactly what mine is. Mm-hmm. I'd say a three and a half out of five for me. Mm. I would... I, I, I don't... I'd actually... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there's, there is definitely worse to come. But I'm going to give it a two. You're going to give it a two? Okay, Just fair. because the writing's not there. Like I okay, I'll agree with that in terms of the writing. I'd say the writing is really there in certain scenes, and in certain scenes, it's not. Uh, there are episodes of the show that I think people are like, "It's what it's the worst episode of the show." Like during the Rusty Davis run, that I could watch because it's it's fun, it's got camp dialogue, and it's written, and it's really silly, and I can enjoy it. The problem for me is this: just it's boring, it's just boring. Yeah, all of the all Fair. of the, other than a few standout scenes, all of the dialogue is really boring, uh, and there's not enough to keep me interested. Personally. I always I always watch it when I'm in the mood for something scary. Mm. And I love Gwyneth. My favourite scary episode is So Yet to Come. Yeah, no, there's... I'd say I have three scary episodes of New Who that absolutely terrify me. Actually, four, sorry, four. And this is in one of them because of the old lady. The old lady terrifies me so much. So, yeah, guys, so Aliens of London next week. Well, it's a patented first-time two-parter. It is. It's Aliens of London and World War Three. Yes. Which are going to be split into two episodes. Yes, because I feel like we were going to do... Because the thing is, guys, in, a lot of people do tend to put the two-parters in one episode, but there's so much richness in, like, two-parter episodes that it's just... I feel like it's unfair and you lose a lot of detail and, like, you yeah. miss out a lot of stuff. So yeah, we're going to we split either, them up. Yeah, we either have to truncate everything or you have to listen to a four-hour episode. But, yeah, also... Guys, we've also now decided on a date for the podcast. This may be subject to change later on if we become busy and, you know, life happens. But Mondays, Monday mornings, every Monday, most Mondays, we will be right in your ears. So, yeah, every Monday, don't miss it. It's going to be fun. Who knows? There might be more news next week. I wouldn't be surprised. Who bloody knows? Who knows? Yeah, and in the meantime, you can follow us on social media uh, we are on instagram at come along pond podcast and we are on twitter at come along pond dw because someone took come along pond podcast very weird so weird exactly and um if you want to email us the email will be in the show notes and it's come along pond pod at gmail.com yeah yeah, yeah. the socials are in the show notes as well yeah so yeah. all right guys thank you so much for listening and we will catch you on the flip side next week. And Joe, you know, I give you air from my lungs. <sighs> bye. bye, guys. Bye bye now. Stop talking about that.
bloody exhausting, I tell you.